0: Welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. We're pregnant. The journey of parenting starts off with lots of excitement, but along the way, parenting can become quite a challenge. And what about being a child? That's not the easiest job either. In this episode of unscripted we discuss what god's word has to teach us about the parent child relationship let's join the discussion now well hey nate uh thanks for letting me come back to the unscripted podcast (laughs) Uh, you're welcome you had a sit-in host last week your wife jen yes you guys did two for one podcast yeah, double dipped that's nice did it double do you get time. paid twice mm. for that or do you only get paid once for that
1: uh, do i get paid for this oh you don't i don't know no, i mean i guess just, well i guess i guess like i i work for the church so i get paid for that but i don't think i get paid extra for the I, maybe i'm missing something i should go yeah i should we, file a complaint with hr yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to hire somebody first <laughs> okay. and then could i hire the hr person <laughs> <if> I, to fire <laughs> <laughs> oh man well it's it's good to be back with you and um we uh we had thanksgiving last week and yes. so let's get to know our pastor a little bit what is your favorite part of the thanksgiving experience let's go with the food first with the food. what's your favorite food item yeah um
1: I think that I'm going to have to go with sweet potatoes, which oh. is most people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Cause is it the casserole or just the sweet potato? It's the, the the I hesitate to even say it's the casserole because it's not the same that most people think of sweet potato casserole with like the marshmallows and yeah, all nasty. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I think those things are gross. Okay. What is it? Then? It is a sweet potato casserole, but I have this recipe that is amazing. Yeah. Like, you, you, like you eat it and you just, I just want to eat more. It's just like, give me a whole meal of that and I'll be happy.
0: Are you going to so, to put that recipe at the bottom <laughs> of this podcast? That is, that is my
1: money-making scheme. Actually, I'm going <laughs> to sell that, sell the recipe. Um, no, is it, it, savory? it has savory? is it sweet? No, it's is not. It? It's sweet. It is, it is sweet. sweet. Okay. Um, it's got eggs and vanilla and sugar in wow. the sweet potatoes, but then on the top, the mm-hmm. topping, rather than being that gooey, nasty marshmallow mm-hmm. stuff. It's uh, chopped walnuts with like a walnut praline topping, so it's kind wow. of like um, sugary, crunchy, like um, brown sugar butter. It's it's good. It's Are, good.
0: Do you do you have lots of leftovers of that?
1: No, not usually. Dang it. Yeah, I was gonna stop by your house. We had a family gathering of at my parents' house. There was like thirty of us um, with all my extended family stepsisters wow. and stepbrother and brothers and kids and all that stuff uh, except for one and uh so we made we made triple the recipe and so it was like two big um like dutch ovens full of it and wow it's gone, it's all gone. It's <laughs> but, all gone. but there, there's other good stuff i like turkey i like green bean casserole yeah i don't know i like we got home and my daughter was like Thanksgiving is my favorite food.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay, good. When it's done right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you know, Thanksgiving is kind of a family holiday. Like you said, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of extended family gets together. And and we're talking about family this week. Um, We are going through our relationship goals, a little mini series within a series of Ephesians. And this week, uh, we focused in on parent child relationships. And uh, where do you think that most people, Learn how to become a parent like for majority of people, how do they figure out how to be a parent when they become a parent? Is that a parent or is it i'm sorry it's becoming a parent <laughs> it's <laughs> becoming a parent that
1: to be a parent No, um i I mean I feel like this is a leading question a little bit, but I, I mean yeah, I think it's most people learn to be a parent from their parent, probably Ooh. from like how they were raised, you know, we are, I mean, maybe even if you didn't like the way your parents raised you, I think you kind of, most people kind of model after the way that their parents did things, you know, or it's yeah. like, well, when I grew up, we did this, you know, that's why people that are like very pro spanking often grew up in households that, that they got spanked when they were a kid and people that are not often grew up in households that they were not. And that's not obviously a hundred percent of the time, but yeah. just different types of parenting methods. I think a lot of times we take those from our families of origin
0: yeah do you feel like uh, media at all like or like movies or actually even like these daytime talk shows you know a lot of times deal with uh parenting issues dr phil or whatever i don't know if that's still a thing or not i don't know but um do you do you feel like people get much information like reading books
1: uh, i think probably i think that specifically for moms i know like Mommy bloggers are a big thing. Uh, Mm. The mom fluencers are a big thing, (laughs) you know, Instagram and all that stuff. So you you get a lot, a lot of input from other people in that kind of parenting stage where they're kind of putting out their ideas and things that they're doing that are working or not working. Um,
0: And some of them are fads and some of them are good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You do see a lot of that stuff on social media. You'll just see like these little five slide, little posts you know about this is what you should do and like yeah it's crazy because people will listen to it pay attention to it and they have no idea (laughs) where that information is coming from yeah or who
1: the person is even that's saying it you know (laughs) the funny thing is some of those like there's the one and that's not funny it's sad there's the this um these two mom bloggers like mom social media influencers that recently just got arrested for child abuse and neglect and they were like um they were really popular for their posts on parenting and things. And um, apparently they had been really doing some horrible things, not, not sexual or anything like that, but just really like abusive behaviors towards their oh, wow. respective kids and their respective families that there were two different families. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just kind of got one of the, one of the, uh, the kids had grown up and become an adult. was like a young adult, like 20 something years old and kind of blew the whistle and yeah. um, got the police involved and they pulled the kids out of the home and wow. yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. You don't know where the information coming from all the time.
0: Yeah. You know? And you even think about like, there was a show, I don't remember what it was called, but it was this family that had like 800 children or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> there it was, was the like Duggers, a, the yeah, Duggers, yeah. yeah.
1: And then it came oh, out, man. And that was a mess too, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: And they, I don't know the details of that. I just remember that it was something came out and, And they were like the model family. I think it seems like for a long time, like people were like, oh yeah, you got to be like the Duggars. Yeah. They
1: uh, were part of a, a movement, a kind of a, so don't, don't take this as dissing against homeschoolers because we actually homeschool my kids. Okay. So that's, that's my, my (laughs) preface to this. They were part of a a homeschooling movement that was a little bit, uh, cultition off in its beliefs, um, that it wasn't it wasn't a church. They weren't involved in a specific church that was a cult like church or anything. But the way that 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 some of these in this movement influenced people, oddly enough, the movement was headed up by a single man in his like fifties, sixties that didn't had never been married, never had kids, and he was convinced that he knew kind of God's plan for the family and communicated wow. it to people, and people kind of bought it. And the Duggars were part of that. They, they became the obviously the most popular face of that, but. Yeah. Yeah. What's I was wrong? getting way off topic right here, but well, <laughs> <just it's, information. laughs> I,
0: I don't know if it is because it's like, you know, we're talking about being a parent, being a child and, yeah. and how to figure out like how we're supposed to act as, pil- as parents and children. Mm-hmm. Um, Pilgrim. And, <laughs> I was trying to save time by combining the two terms. Um, but you know, this is what we looked at in just a few verses this week uh, in Ephesians chapter six that deal with this. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different scriptures that that talk about um, you know how to act as parent and, and parents and children. Uh, I'll just read these real quick. Ephesians six one through four that you took us through. Uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. That's the promise. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up. In the training and admonition of the lord and so the first thing we see is directed to the children and they're to obey their parents in the lord and so does this mean that children in a home should just do whatever their parents tell them to do just like uh, almost like a blind obedience is that what is being instructed here for children yes Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) No. Um, so yeah, I mean, so here's, here's the challenge with this for, for if we're talking about kids, you know, um, because his instruction is to, to obey your parents in the Lord, right? It's not to just blindly obey your parents. Although, um, I think the, the, in the Lord caveat there, it, it makes a way so that it's not an obedience to things that would dishonor the Lord or things that would displease the Lord or things that would be sinful obviously those are not things that we should obey our parents in and and unfortunately there are many parents in the world that lead their kids into harmful destructive things I I know that there are parents who um, I mean I hesitate to even talk about these things that happen but they sell their children into sexual service there are parents who um, abuse their children and give them instruction that is abusive to them and and those are not things that Paul would tell you to obey your parents in. You know what I mean? Like, of course, not a blanket instruction. Um, although it's not also licensed to say, "Well, did God really say clean your room?" You know, <laughs> right? It's like the Bible doesn't say you have to keep your room clean, but if your parents do, you should still obey them. You know.
0: <laughs> so. What they? Uh, I was just thinking about uh, Jacob and uh, and Esau and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here, his mom says, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. You should deceive your father and pretend to right. be your brother and steal the blessing. You know, so well, he was kind of a, an adult child, I think at that, that point. Yeah. Um, but still living in the home and there's an instance of like, he shouldn't have done that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so there are those, those things, but probably pretty few and far between, I think that that kids can often, uh, Lean to the side of obedience is the better thing, and right. He, he talks about how that there's a, a promise attached to that, and you mentioned in your teaching that this is actually one of the Ten Commandments. like yes. this pretty heavy duty thing. Yeah, that we're to honor our father and mother, and that there's there's a promise connected with that. And how does that how does that work? Like, uh, how do you? Uh, take hold of that promise that it w- may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Like, how is yeah. how do we get there as a child um, by honoring our, our mother and father? Yeah, I I
1: think what this promise... It's important to note that what this promise is not saying is that if you honor your mom and your dad that you will guaranteed live a long life. And I mean, because then what do you do with people who unfortunately you know, their days are cut short because of something, you know, so I, I, I don't think that's what this is saying. But I think what it is saying is that in our interactions with our parents, and especially for children, um, following the instruction of your parents um, is is generally, usually, hopefully, Um, it's usually coming from their wisdom that they've gained in life and is going to give you a solid footing for where you're walking forward, especially if they're instructing you in the Lord. And so, um, now we know that when we follow the Lord's path for our life, that there are natural blessings that flow out of that. It's not, that your life is going to be easy (laughs) you know if you're a christian obviously there are many ways in which your life gets more difficult but there's also just the matter of reaping what you sow you know paul talks about this like you know if you sow to the flesh you're going to reap destruction but if you flow to sow to the spirit you're going to reap life and the things that come from that and so i think that's a, a little bit of what this is getting at um I think when we walk in a fully disobedient and dishonoring you know, attitude towards our parents that um, we're disregarding the wisdom that's come before us mm-hmm. and we're, especially if they're believers, disregarding the godly instruction that they've given and that's a path that leads to destruction. You know, yeah. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is death. Um, but the path of life is following towards the Lord,
0: right? You're probably gonna get into this next week and I don't want to spoiler alert or anything like that, but we are instructed to, uh, in a work relationship to, uh, obey our master, Mm -hmm. our boss, whatever, uh, even if they're harsh, Mm -hmm. does that relate to children with parents? Do you think that, uh, that God would want children, even if they have parents who are kind of mean and harsh, yeah, that there's still something that they could gain, that children could gain by submitting to them and obeying them in the Lord still. Right. Like not something sinful or something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah, I
1: think so. Um, I, I think really one of the things that I touched on on Sunday is that, that learning of obedience for your parents as a child translates to your obedience of the Lord as mm-hmm. an adult, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, Sometimes we don't understand why God is giving us an instruction. Um, And God is not harsh, like a harsh parent, you know, when we're talking about that. God is not abusive. God is not vindictive. Um, So those things don't exist with God, where they might with our parents at different times. Um, But when we're learning to follow, which is really what this is, when we're learning to follow our parents, what we're really doing is preparing ourselves to be learning to follow the Lord. And Mm. and I think that's on the flip side as parents, that's what we're teaching our kids is we're not just teaching them to follow us, which we are. And, you know, obviously we want them to. um, But I think what what our real goal is, is teaching them to be those who would follow Jesus as an adult.
0: They're almost learning a heart posture in a sense by it's almost like practice <laughs> mm-hmm. It is with yeah. the more important thing of learning how to obey the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think of the, the verse that says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And I, mm-hmm. I wonder if that is, it's kind of a, a practice ground for parents and children to work mm-hmm. out that for the, the children work out that rebelliousness yeah. that we're, we're all born with to a certain extent. Yeah. And so that then when we move into this relationship with the Lord, that, we know how to obey even when we don't want to. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. I think that's exactly it. Um, I think the, the culture is telling us that that rebellion is what we should be doing. Right. You know, all in every, in every area, you know, yeah. and I, and I'm, I mean, I think all of us are kind of rebels at heart, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's the so. sin nature. Yeah. Yeah. There's ways in which you can channel that into a good thing, mm. but it's still um, that rebellion against authority. I mean, to be honest, I'll, we can, as Christians point this out in lots of areas that we see, you know, people like culturally rebelling against sexual norms, against different types of things. But man, I see it in the church too. I see it in Christians. It's like, it's, we just kind of turn a blind eye to that because it's like, well, you know, we're not doing the sinful things with our rebellion. We're, we're, Mm. we're, I'm going to be a rebel against, against the man, you know,
0: or I'm going to be, you know, still fulfill that fleshly desire to rebel against something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah rather than uh, humble humble ourselves and submit mm-hmm. in places. And think like, you know, maybe the, the theology of Karate Kid comes along here with, <laughs> you know, when he's like wax on, wax yeah, off. It's true. And pay, like he's teaching him something yeah. that he doesn't realize in the moment. And I wonder if that is a reality with parent child relationships that children are learning something by obeying their parents that, and that's the key to this promise that it may be well with you. Like if you learn how to be obedient to your parents you're going to learn a heart posture that's going to help you in your workplace and, you know, just right. like in with your relationship with the Lord and in your future marriage,
1: you yeah, know, even, absolutely. you
0: know, that there's a heart posture that you need there in a relationship, friendships, everything. So, yeah. Um, I I'm just wondering what advice you would give to a child who thinks their parents are not leading them in the Lord. Like it on the, I don't know if it, any of the listeners or children who feel that way, or maybe somebody listening knows of a child who's in a situation like that where their parents are telling them to do things and that are not godly things to do. What advice would you give to that situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a difficult situation. I don't, um, I think that we never obey authority that tells us to disobey God. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even as a kid, I think that that's, that's what we do. And I think as an adult that maybe is like your parents are giving you bad advice, you know Um, we know that the relationship changes when you become uh, independent and an adult and kind of providing for yourself, but um, but parents still offer advice and parents still have strong opinions about what we do and don't do and how we do it. And we have received ungodly advice from our parents over the years in different situations you know and you have to take that bring it before the lord and ask god to give wisdom in that you know yeah. and then you follow the lord is what you do you know yeah. and you lovingly and respectfully you know share your your you know disagreement with your parents about that and you just say I'm, i it's more it's better for me to follow the lord than to follow you you know yeah. And that's where, that's where, that's where it can be difficult. You know, it's a difficult situation. And, and I think that that can even come from believing parents, you know, um, for example, when we, so it's just kind of funny when I look back at, at our life, Jen and I both had really good jobs in Denver and, uh, this was years ago. Um, we had really good jobs in Denver, making a lot of money. We owned our house. We had lots of things going for us and we felt like God had been calling us to move to Vail. Um, we didn't know why we, neither one of us was actively involved in ministry at that time. We had hearts for ministry, but we weren't involved in it. And we felt like God called us to move to veil and be a part of this church. This was the first time that we were here years ago. And, um, we shared this with some of our family members. Um, and their first thought was, don't do that. You have great jobs. You're going to like increase your expenses and decrease your income, why would you go up there? That's a bad decision, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we sought the Lord and it was like, no, this is what we're supposed to do. This is where we're supposed to be. And we had to say like, sorry, like we're going to, we're going to go because this is what the Lord's calling us to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the funny thing was several years later, when we felt called to go move to Denver to plant a church, um, this family member was like, why would you want to do that? You live in Vail and it's beautiful and you've got good jobs and you don't need to go, to, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a second. Like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's just, so sometimes you have to, but then you, you give that respect and that, um, honor where it's due and just say, you know, th- this is where the Lord's leading and I need to follow the Lord rather than yeah. man, you know,
0: it's really, it's, it is a tough situation. I, I would also encourage if you're a child listening to this or you are listening to this and you know a child in that situation to remind the child of the situation with Abraham and Sarah and where Mm -hmm. Abraham gave her bad advice and told her to do something and she submitted to that and she lied and she was in a precarious situation and God stepped in and protected her and I would encourage any kids in that situation uh, that, that God sees them and he sees their situation and you Know, even with Hagar, yeah, that, that relationship, you know, he he sees and uh he is able to protect you and and you can trust in that, so yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the second part of this, and then to the parents, is really just verse four and it says, And you fathers don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition mm-hmm. of the Lord. Uh, I've heard that verse uh, translated fathers do not frustrate your children, Mm -hmm. um, as well. Uh, First question, is this only for fathers? (laughs) This is only to the dads (laughs) or do, should the moms listen to this as well?
1: Yeah, it's definitely for both. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I actually, I didn't have time to really share on this in the message on Sunday, it's this series has been so hard because there's so much that I've had to just cut out and like, and the messages were still going really long, but, (laughs) um, but that specific word does specifically reference fathers. So it's not, it's not one of those words that, that encompasses everyone, but I don't think that that means that he's just speaking to dads. I think that he's, he's giving instruction to the, those parents who are an authority in a child's life, you know, um, and I think you read that from the context. It's not just from the, the specific words that are being used. I think the context is kind of what's important there. And so he's talking about the relationship between parents and, and children, husbands and wives. And so really he's speaking to those who are in a, an authority position in a kid's life. So this could be grandparents who have their right. grandkids living with them. Yeah. It could yeah. be a foster parent. It could be, you know, um, any one of those situations. So
0: yeah. what is that, uh, you know what is that being told there like? What is that instruction to, to, to not frustrate? Because, like any parent who's ever disciplined their child, yeah, knows that their kid doesn't like it. <laughs> yes, it, it upsets their child. No, you know, Um Paul talks about that as it in Hebrews or the author of Hebrews I know, talks I the about same that thing on Sunday. It's like Paul. Wait, no, not Paul. Maybe, maybe Paul. I
1: think it's Paul, not this Paul, the other Paul. <laughs> different, different podcasts, but, um podcast, um, yeah, that.
0: Like no, no discipline is enjoyable in the time. Yeah, But but so how, how do we follow this then as parents like to not provoke our children to wrath, not frustrate our children, but still discipline them?
1: Yeah. I think that this is one of, this is the balance that's really hard to find because as we talked about kind of earlier on in the message, like there's a fad today of, of not disciplining your kids. Right of just letting your kids be equals and letting them do whatever they want to do and, and building your life around what your kids want. Uh, and that's the opposite of a job of a parent. We're, we're called mm-hmm. to teach them how they should go, not let them lead in our homes. Mm-hmm. So um, so that involves discipline. We're called to discipline our kids. I mean, we, we looked at several Bible verses that talked about this. You know, Those who fail to discipline hate their kids, yeah. you know. Um, there's some pretty blunt language in the, yeah. in the Proverbs about discipline and the importance of the dis- of discipline in kids' lives. And
0: so can I just interject real yeah. quick? I just was thinking about that, you know, Solomon writing those things. hmm and being part of a family where his father David didn't discipline his son who raped his sister. Yeah. You know, and because he didn't discipline him, there was all kinds of family turmoil. And I just wonder if that I'm sure. entered into Solomon's mind as he's yeah. inspired by the Spirit to write this down. But it's basically like there there's gonna be worse problems if you don't discipline your yeah. children.
1: I mean, Proverbs nineteen eighteen says, Discipline your children while there's hope, otherwise you will ruin their lives. Mm um and so that discipline is important you know it it is um how do you do that without frustrating yourself (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) yeah frustrating i and i think i probably would not just because of the with the the connotations of frustrating i think i wouldn't really like that translation of that verse Mm -hmm. um i've heard i've seen another one that said exasperate Right, I think yeah. that's NASB maybe says, do not mm-hmm. exasperate your children. I think that's mm-hmm. probably a good way to, we don't use that word very often, but right. I think you kind of know what that means, right? It's like just uh, pushing to their end almost. Mm. Um, and because your kids are going to get frustrated when yeah. you discipline them, they are going to get angry when you discipline them. Um, but we're not to push them past kind of a, a place of, hope, you know, or past a place of acceptance. Um, and we're not to be unkind or overcritical in our discipline. You know, um, that's, I think that's really what it is, is, is rather than being overbearing or controlling or overcritical or super strict, just for the sake of getting your way. Um, that when we discipline it's for the sake of the kid yeah, and it's not for us because I think a lot of times we discipline cause it's for us. It's like oh, yeah. you wronged me. You're going to get it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, you're grounded for a week or whatever it is because Mm -hmm. you didn't do what I said. And really we have to pause in those moments when we're really angry and say, why am I giving discipline? Is it Mm -hmm. because I got wronged? Because that's not vengeance is mine. I will replace us. Lord, it's not our place to take vengeance, even on our kids. And so in that moment, we have to pause and say, okay, well, what, what is the reason that I'm called to discipline my kids It's to train them up so that they follow the Lord. And so if my motivation is out of that love, that heart to see them follow Jesus more closely, then it changes the tone of mm-hmm. my discipline. It changes the, the way that I interact with them. And I, I believe then changes it from being a, a, a method of exasperating our kids to where they're overcome or overwhelmed by the consequence or by our attitude to something that, Yes, they may still get frustrated, but ultimately can receive and grow from. Because if you're just, if you're hammering them to the wall, and I mean like figuratively, I don't mean literally, but if you're like, if you're just like totally overwhelming them with your presence and discipline, they're not actually hearing the message that you want them Mm -hmm. to receive, you know. And so it's, it's a balance to find that. And I think probably it comes back to checking our own motivation.
0: Yeah, I think that's the great safeguard that you shared in the teaching. You know, like if you're spanking your child out of anger, Mm -hmm. you know like that's wrong you should stop doing that yeah um but but if you are trying to discipline them because you love them and care about them it's the old adage of this hurts me the more than it hurts you You right The kids like yeah right (laughs) (laughs) well let let me try spanking you a few times yeah 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 but but that reality of like no i'm doing this because i love you and it does i don't i love you i don't want to you know, create pain whether it's grounding or taking your phone away or whatever. Right. You know, I I want I want to bring joy into your life because I love you, but this is for your benefit. Yeah. And that's a great way of safeguarding our, ourselves, I think, against uh, going to that place of uh, exasperation in our kids. Yeah. Totally. Um. Any ideas on how you can know? If you've crossed that line, is it just checking our own heart or is it, do we look to our kids and go, because you know how kids are different, right? Yeah. Like some kids can take this much discipline, Mm -hmm. (laughs) other kids can take this much and it's just like, uh, you know, should we look at our kids at all and, and see how they're responding to our discipline?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that we have to, to be aware of how the things that we're doing. Are impacting them and actually whether they're effective even, you know, um, I I think sometimes we might be using one method because it was very effective on one child and then you take Uh it to the next one and it does not work at all. In fact, it makes it worse. Um, because we're all different people, you know, and the Lord treats us as different people. The Lord doesn't treat us all the same. When you look through the scripture about how God appeared to, individuals, he never appeared in the same method. He didn't, the burning bush was one time, you know what I mean? (laughs) And I, some of that's because God's showing himself, but I think that he also knows like, like who we are and Mm who, how we respond and how his, his truth is going to get communicated to us the best. And so I think that that is our challenge and responsibility as parents is to make sure that we are, um, knowing our kids and knowing what's effective with them. Mm. And I've seen that I've seen this, this kind of an old school thought of like, yeah, you know, everybody gets the same everything and Mm. it's not actually the way that people are, you know Mm. Um, I've seen people interact with my kids the same way between the a couple of my kids and it's like, yeah, that's not going to get the result that you're looking for. You know? yeah. And because I, I know that I know that kid and that, that one's very different from the other one. You know,
0: I think it's, so. it's all, again, goes to the example too, that we're showing our kids about their relationship with the Lord is like, you know, the whole fair yeah. thing. That's not fair. You know, like I, you grounded me for a week, but you only grounded them for one day. You know, that's not fair. And you're trying, you know, there's a bigger thing at work there than just trying to get your kids to behave, but you're helping them to learn, like, this is how God works with us. Like, we can't look at other people and see what God is doing with them and say, God, that's not fair. You know, they have such an easier life than me. Right. Totally. Know that the Lord knows us and he's going to do what's best for us. I I have one last question and this might be a whole other podcast. Okay. Okay. But I, just because we're talking about this, I've, I've really been wanting to ask you about this and, uh, and I agree with you, Okay. <laughs> I yeah. of, like, but you've mentioned, a but few you want times, me to explain something? I'm yes, guessing. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. I've heard you say it a, a few times, uh, that the family has become an idol in uh-huh. the American Christian culture. And I was yeah. just wondering if you could explain your, your thought on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, this is actually something that I think I, I, I think that we have a hard time getting. And I think some of it comes down to, um, I think a lot of it comes down to the way that our culture has gone since the l- mid to late 1950s. Um, because there was this cultural revolution that took place um, in the 60s, you know, peace, love, rock and roll, sex, drugs, all that stuff, right? It just, like, there was a cultural revolution, and it's still continuing to this day, and it's still expanding to this day, right? And so those who were followers of Christ and and on the conservative side of not politics, but, I mean, of just culture, right? Uh, I'm not talking politics here. I'm talking culturally conservative, that meaning, like, like, this is a nuclear family. These are the right things to do and be. Um, kind of rebelled against the rebellion, if you will, kind of bringing back that rebellion word, I guess, mm-hmm. a little bit. But And that rebellion against the rebellion kind of created this dynamic in our culture where family is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And family is very important, and God highly values the family. And he values children. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Um, but there's this kind of atmosphere in modern American evangelicalism that says that family is the most important thing you can do and your family is to be the number one priority of everything else. And that, you know, that has kind of created a, an unhealthy focus on the nuclear family unit.
0: Almost a focus on the family, you might
1: say. (laughs) I wasn't slinging mud, but no, I'm (laughs) not slinging mud at focus on the family, but yes, you totally took it. Totally. Yes. A focus on the family. Um, and nothing against focus on the family, but it's created this kind of thing where it's like family values is the most important thing, you know? And I think like, while it is true, it's important. What we just read, is in first Corinthians chapter seven when we were in this series was that like Paul would actually say in many circumstances, it's actually better to remain single Mm. because your focus is on the Lord. The focus should be on the Lord. Again, I'm not digging on focus on the family, but like this kind of focus on family values and the nuclear family unit has made evangelicalism more political than it should be and made it more. I I think that the, the, yeah, I guess the way I put it is probably the way I would put it again, that the family has kind of become an idol a little bit, that it's like family first, that this is the most important thing. And that sounds kind of weird even saying that because family is important, but God is more important and serving him is more important. And and the, I think even in that, it's kind of created within the family an unhealthy dynamic as well, where children take most of the focus in the family also. And the problem with that is that that's not actually the correct order. <laughs> it's your priority should be God, your spouse, then your kids. You know, it's not it's not everything or, oriented around the children. It's you and your spouse as a, as as a husband and wife are the priority in that relationship. Your kids are going to be with you for a while and then they're going to move on and I understand that like a love that a spouse has for their kids is naturally intrinsically different than that is for for the sp- their spouse you know um that's why you see divorce and things like that take place but our call is to in, in action love our spouse right above our kids even and so um i i just feel like we've got an unhealthy focus on the family <laughs> we'll start a new organization
0: yeah <laughs> the unhealthy focus on yeah the <laughs> right um yeah. no, And then, like I said, I, I agree with you that you see that in culture. And I think what happens a lot of times is people will even excuse their selfish behavior and say, mm-hmm. I'm loving my family. Yeah, And it's like, no, that's just what you want to do. Like, right. you you know, you're, you're just trying to give an excuse for what you want to do and say, this is me loving my family yeah that can take place a lot of times too so
1: yeah and i think it's an excuse to um focus on worldly things too you know yeah and it's and i've seen um and paul talks about this this is kind of why he says like he who gets married you know has to focus on the things of the world and how to keep his wife happy and -hmm. it's divided interests and not that that's wrong but to say that to say that that's the most important thing is backwards a little bit so Yeah.
0: yeah Sorry to throw that at you. No, that's good. A couple minutes here at the end, but um, just wanted to give you a chance to share a little bit more about that. Um, So, great. Um, Next week, workers and boss. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And talking about
1: what it's like being a slave. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, I know what that's <laughs> like. I will you. <laughs> yeah. or a slave driver? No. I'm good. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about workplace dynamics and relationships and authority and and how to to navigate those things in a godly manner. With great questions like what you're talking about, like I mean, how do when someone's telling us to do something that we are not supposed
0: to do, mm. do we obey? Yeah. No, you know, yeah. those are good questions. So. Awesome. Well, this has been a great series. Thanks for taking us through it. And thanks for answering these questions today. And uh, hey, if you like this podcast, share it and like it and do all that fun stuff. And we'll see you next time on Unscripted. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to pastornate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N and the number eight dot com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.